0: To another episode of Chillin' in the State House, the chillest and most State House podcast on the marketplace. I am Andrew Ball, uh, the Topeka Capital Journal's State House State Government reporter. We apologize; these podcasts have gone a little more infrequent, but fear not—we are close to wrapping up uh, a partner for me, and we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming in no time. But this week, we have a very special 4th of July weekend guest. You've our, almost become a regular
1: now. Well, yes, yes. <laughs> it's I'm almost strange of... to call you
0: a guest.
1: Well, yes. And as you know, I'm a huge fan of the podcast.
0: And the, the dulcet tones you're hearing is of John Hanna of the Associated Press, one yes. of our State House compadres down here in the basement.
1: Another State House dude, right? Another
0: State House dude, <laughs> yes. It's 4th of July weekend. A lot of people are going to be going out of town. A lot of people are going to be going to Missouri, and that might not be a good thing. And that's not even me trying to make fun of Missouri. Exactly. But Although
1: <laughs> we can do that too. Titus isn't here anymore. Yeah. No, this is this is a Kansas State House podcast, so you know, um, you know, the the joke is about uh, how people in the South talk about the civil war forget hell well there's a little streak of that in kansas with missouri in terms of the history of the border wars
0: the real reason though people are a little bit worried about going over to missouri it's not border ruffians but it's the COVID 19 virus or more specifically the Delta, Delta variant.
1: The Delta variant. Oh, we
0: almost said that in unison. Yes. John, what has been going on with the Delta variant, and why should people maybe start to be a little cautious?
1: Well, this is a you know this is a more infectious, faster spreading variant of COVID nineteen, and there's been a, an outbreak in of it in Missouri uh, and particularly Southwest Missouri and the hospitals in Springfield have been filling up.
0: They've had to send people to
1: Casey and St. Louis.
0: Like like it's getting almost to the point of where it was in the winter of 2020.
1: And so the concern is, is that people will travel out of state, particularly to Missouri, particularly to Southwest Missouri, particularly probably, you know, all around in that big Branson tourist area and then come back and 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 spread this delta variant and will you know will Kansas see uh, an increase in cases what's interesting is i was looking at the delta variant numbers and they've been rising very quickly in Kansas now there's still uh, the identified delta variant cases are still pretty small in terms of the total but of course to identify a variant you have to do genetic testing and so you're not ever going to do thousands and thousands and thousands right. of those tests.
0: And we're not even—I mean—in order to do that, you really need to be testing. Period. Yeah. In the state of Canada. I mean, we are at like spring of 2020 levels for COVID-19 testing.
1: Yeah, and and it's just it's so it's it's harder to to ascertain how widespread the the delta variant is but as of today friday there were 350 identified 358 identified cases that was 75 more in just 2 days and that's an increase over 2 days of almost 27% what's interesting is it's also 136 more um delta variant cases since monday and that's a 61% increase so you can see how quickly this is popping up and and you know the the average number of new cases in kansas as of friday for the 7 days ending friday was 173 now that's a pretty good number when you're comparing to the peak in November and December when it was, I think at one point it got up to almost 2,800 a day. But of course, here a couple of weeks ago, that average bottomed out at below 100. Right. And it's slowly kind of been drifting up since. And so I think from what I've heard from uh, state officials, there's some concern about this Delta variant coming, it is in Kansas, and it will be in Kansas, and it's undoubtedly more widespread than the numbers suggest. But the concern is, is that it could spark another outbreak of cases. Well, another big reason why
0: this is a problem is, as far as we know now, the the vaccines being used in Kansas, Pfizer, Moderna, uh, Johnson Johnson, all provide at least pretty good protection against the Delta variant. It varies, but it's all, you know, you're in good shape if you've been vaccinated. The problem is not even half of the state has been vaccinated. And that's why Missouri has had such a problem. I mean, the outbreaks, like you said, John, have been in southwest Missouri, around Springfield. I mean, rural areas that, you know, have their vaccination rates in like the 20 and 30 percent range. Well, the problem is if you look in Southeast Kansas and Western Kansas, we have kind of the same problem. It might be a little better, but it's nowhere near herd immunity yeah. and, and nowhere near a point in which the Delta variant the, would be
1: stopped to, in its tracks. To give people an idea of herd immunity, it seems like the target there is roughly 70 to 75% have either been vaccinated, fully vaccinated or they've had it and have gotten some immunity so if you're looking at one in about every nine kansas residents has had it that's roughly the number of cases so that's 11 or 12 percent and you add that to our to the vaccination rate fully vaccinated it's only 38 percent. people with one shot Um, It's higher. Uh, The CDC figure is, what, 49? Yeah, it's it's 49.3. 49.3. So, but that's people who've had one shot. Right. So probably 42, 43%, maybe a little more have had, are fully vaccinated. So you're still talking mid to high 50 in terms of a percentage of, you know, where the state is. And so you still got that extra lug of, you know, 15 to 20% of the population needs to have one or the other to, to reach herd immunity. And if you look, for example, at some states in the Northeast, those rates are much higher. Right. For example, Vermont were, you know, ended its state of emergency, I think, when they got to 80% vaccinated. I'll, I'll have to go and look, but it was a pretty high number. And I mean, I think,
0: I think we it would be worth dwelling on a little bit, you know, what the state's response is going to be. Because talking with local public health officials in a lot of these counties, they don't think they're going to really be able to get any more uptake. Now, as more and more children are eligible for the doses, that'll help because you have more of the population who's able to
1: be eligible. Right, but and it, and parents who've been vaccinated might get their kids vaccinated. But the parents, if only 30% of the parents have been vaccinated, yeah. that doesn't
0: bode well, you know. So, it, you know, the, the state, they launched a PSA campaign, I believe, earlier this week. Yeah, for the 4th of July holiday. There's been talk of doing a vaccine lottery, although that would require several levels of Approval and to because it would involve spending federal COVID 19 relief aid. Some Republicans were not wild about the idea of a vaccine lottery, but that's something theoretically on the table. But I mean, we know they're going to have to start getting creative, and I think state health officials acknowledge that.
1: Well, and and they've already, I mean, in in local uh in local health departments and and they've already been doing things like um, you know setting up clinics mobile clinics uh you know cedric county has been doing a few at the, at the cedric county zoo um you know wyandotte county will bring a, a van to your business or your apartment complex johnson county they in johnson county have been doing some home visits so those kinds of things have been going on you know the question the the sociological question here is why don't people want to get vaccinated and what will it take to convince them to get vaccinated i mean and there are a lot of people who just under no circumstances will get well and and i i know i've talked to a few people who are like well uh, they argue that this was emergency use it wasn't you know, done enough testing and, and all of that, um, there's not any serious indication that the, except with a, a question momentarily about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and whether in a few people it, there were issues with blood clots. I mean, these have generally been pretty safe, almost, I mean, universally safe vaccines. and um, And so it's kind of... I'm sure there, there there are a number of factors why people don't want to get vaccinated. But what strikes me as interesting about that is when the state was in lockdown, when it was restricting business activities, and and in the winter, the vaccine was supposed to be the saving grace, and you know, widespread vaccines were supposed to be the thing that would allow the economy to finally restart. Right.
0: Yeah. And it turns out it's more complicated than that. Well, it's always more complicated than that. Yeah, but some people don't want to hear that in the middle of a global pandemic.
1: No, no. I mean... And, you know, I don't really blame them necessarily. I mean, look, I'm old enough to remember... The Spanish flu. Not quite that old. Uh, (laughs) Um... I mean, I'm old enough to remember the start of the AIDS crisis, and it took a while to get people to engage in safer behavior. It took a lot of education. It took a lot of work. I mean, it it took a while even to you know figure out how AIDS was transmitted and all of that, and You know, I remember, for example, maybe circa late 1980s, early 1990s, uh, you had this boy, Ryan White, who had gotten it from, I think, gotten HIV from a blood transfusion, if I'm remembering. It was like a nationwide. Yeah. And, and, you know, all these questions. Yeah. And, and the, the, the grief that he and his family faced, the stigma that went along with it, and and frankly the discrimination that that people, you know, because the people were not one hundred percent sure how AIDS and HIV worked, and and you know now now uh, of course the this interestingly enough like one of the figures in that eight 1980s uh debate about aids was anthony fauci yep. um, things come full circle <laughs> yes things come full circle but i mean it, it is interesting i mean i you know why why some people are eager to get vaccinated and others don't want to do it
0: And I mean, I know there's been a a big shift at the state level. You mentioned clinics. I mean, these are smaller clinics. The state is putting a lot more energy into getting doses into doctor's offices under the logic that
1: you will listen. If you have not gotten vaccinated, you may listen to your doctor.
0: And also, you know, if they just have it on hand and a nurse says, oh, hey, we're going to do the COVID-19 vaccine today, people probably just go along with it. Not everyone, obviously, (laughs) but, uh, you know, there's more of a chance of that happening. And, I mean, in Topeka, the the Stormontville Events Center had a big mass vaccination clinic for months. I mean, that's where I got vaccinated. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it was really – I mean, it was really kind of uh, in terms of logistical thing and – It was uh, unbelievable. It was. It was this smooth-running machine where – you went in, you drove, you parked, you walked in and, you know, somebody checked you in and you waited. In my case, I think once I got checked in, I waited maybe three minutes to get the shots.
0: Yeah, same. I mean, it was,
1: you know, and then 15 incredible. minutes afterwards to make sure there wasn't an adverse reaction. And we're thankful there wasn't.
0: Yeah. But
1: that that's closed
0: now. They closed it a yeah. couple of weeks ago. And, you know, it, it just, I think it's another sign that we have firmly moved on into a different place. And- yeah.
1: And, of course, what's interesting is now the state doesn't have a state of emergency in place, True. which we talked about a couple weeks ago. And, you know, so what what would happen if the state happened to see a significant spike in cases again? And The
0: governor can reissue. Yes. It, it just be for 14 days, and there would probably be some political hay made out of it, but, yeah, I mean, we're probably well, still way too soon to be—
1: yeah, it's way too that. soon to be thinking about that. Other than what are the mitigation efforts? Because you know, now that the now now that the mask mandates are gone and people right. feel comfortable not wearing masks in public and all that, but right.
0: even though we're at you know charitably forty nine percent vaccination, it is near a hundred percent of people not wearing a mask yeah. out there.
1: <laughs> well, and and you know, it's just like, oh, great, I don't have to do this again. And what would happen if Somebody tried to step in and say, "Well, let's go back and put the masks on." Right. I, I mean, I not a lot of happy campers out no, there. No, no, not a lot of, not a lot of happy people. If you if you had that discussion, but
0: it's going it's going to be it's going to be interesting. And and you know, talking about hospitals, I mean, part of the problem they're having trouble in Missouri is because the staffing is just not there. I mean, yeah. you don't have the surge staffing you had last winter or in the spring of 2020. People are on vacation because it's the summer. In general, there's always these days a demand for healthcare professionals yes. that that is not being met. So, in general,
1: like if your kid wants to have a secure future economically, I would suggest that the healthcare professions are, are a good place to look for training and education, nursing, but also other things. And and I here's my pitch again. The world needs as many good phlebotomists as it can get. People who take your blood. This episode of Children in the State House, sponsored
0: by the Kansas Phlebotomist Association. Do they have
1: an association?
0: I, if there's something I've learned from my few years of covering government, there is a trade association yes, for got, literally yes, everything. There's
1: gotta be a phlebotomist association. If and you if you are
0: a member of the Kansas Phlebotomist Association listening to this, contact us. We might have some sponsorship
1: opportunities available for you. And no, I mean it's like if you get if you get an untrained phlebotomist, you know it. Oh, um, well, that's true. <laughs> you, you, so I, w- I want the one who does uh, a thousand sticks a year. That's thats the phlebotomist I want.
0: A lot to stay tuned for. Yeah. And we will be here at Chilling in the State House to bring it to you. If you want to read our written work, you can go to cjonline.com. Or follow us on Twitter at CJ Online, or just go like us on Facebook. And if you want to find John's work on Twitter, John, where can folks do that? Well, I'm on or Twitter. Online.
1: Uh, I'm on on Twitter. I'm at JD Hanna and APJD Hanna, I think. And <laughs> I don't know why I'm drawing a blank at the moment, but, but it's apnews.com backslash Kansas. That's where you can find my written work. And if you find my written work, my Twitter tag will be on there. <laughs> <laughs> so. and, and
0: you can find me at Andrew Ball, B-A-H-L. And you can find every episode of Children in the State House, like John does. Yes. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Google Play, or you can just go to our website, and you, we, we post it there every... Sure. And mo- most every week.
1: And I would note that um, if a listener is joining the podcast for the first time, they can binge listen. This is
0: true. My father actually recently started listening to the podcast, and he has gone through our entire back catalog. And it's good. You all will be happy to know it gets this seal of approval. So. Good, good. Um, Is his hair as long as yours? It's actually longer, if you can believe it.
1: I, I'm having a hard time picturing that. But <laughs>
0: Well, we'll have to do a family reunion at some point. But until that time, we'd like to thank you all for listening to another episode of Chilling in the Statehouse. We will be back very soon with more chill state government coverage. But for now, John, thanks for joining us.
1: Sure, glad to do it.
0: And we will see you next time.
1: All right.